Loud enough? No? Come closer. Hey, hey, zing, right off the bat. Woo! I'm ready to go home. That was great, man. I'm like, I don't need to come up here and muddy it up. You know what I mean? Praise God. There ain't nothing better than a big dose of God's presence in our life. Amen. Woo! You know what? I, he's not in here. He's probably out. I want to, everyone give a hand. And, and if you see him after church, Donnie. The drummer, he came in last minute. We are, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Our drummer had a, a family emergency that they had to take care of. If you could pray for them, uh, Stephen and his wife. Um, but Donnie, last minute, he was getting ready to get in the shower, go to his church. Jen gave him a phone call, and he Zoomed over here and helped us out this morning. So if you guys see him after church, shake his hand and tell him thank you for that, amen. Nothing like, nothing like a servant to help with the presence of God, amen. Well, I get the privilege to, to speak with you guys this morning, and I'm going to be talking about we lost our edge. We lost our edge, amen. Some of us have maybe been living on the edge. Maybe some of you have children have been pushed over the edge, amen. We've all been in the different situations of edges in our life, and, and to have an edge... It says, is to be slightly better than someone or something else by taking something or given information that will help you overcome. Amen? Let me read that again because I think some of you missed that. And, and I want to read the last part. By taking something or given information that will help you overcome. We've been given information this morning, amen. We've been given an advantage this morning. If you didn't know what that tingle was coming up your back this morning, that was the Holy Spirit. And that's the advantage. That's the edge that God says, I'm going to give you this morning, amen. But see, we got to have a, we, we, we got to live with an edge, you know. We, we, we've got to have that upper hand when we're going into life, when we're going into situations it's nice to have the upper hand over the enemy, amen. It's nice to quote scriptures against the enemy to have the upper hand. It's nice to know, you know what? It's not on my own. It's the extra boost. It's that little extra anointing that God gives me that'll break down those barriers in my life, that'll help me overcome those things, amen. We should be all living with an edge, amen. I'm, when, when, when I was uh, younger, much younger, I, I was a rustler. I was a fit, mean, 119. <laughs> Tearing it up. And when you're rustling, it's all about having an edge. It's about knowing your opponent, psyching your opponent out before you even step in. If you step in onto that mat and it's already in your head that you're going to be defeated, you're done. You're going you're gonna to get taken over. And me, I, at 119... I was not intimidating, <laughs> you know, with my orange singlet, we looked like, I looked like an anemiated carrot on this mat, and I'm going against these other guys, but, you know, I, I took every event, I was a dirty wrestler, I was, I was, I needed my edge, man, these guys were better than me, I would untie their shoes, I would step on their feet, I would pull their headgear over their eyes, I did whatever it took to give me the edge, you know, I was the Ric Flair of 
uh, collegiate wrestling, you know, I mean, I did whatever it took. I wanted to win that match, amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes. And I remember this one match, this one tournament. It was my first year. And man, all year, second place. My whole first season was second place, second place. I was the king of silvers. I had silver medals all over my room. Never got that gold. Never reached that gold. You know what? How many of you feel like you're just second place sometimes? Amen. This is something actually. God's stirring something in my heart right now. That you've, maybe you came into this place today thinking maybe, maybe you don't quite deserve the gold. Maybe you're okay with silver because you've had silver your whole entire life. And maybe some of you haven't had silver. Maybe you guys are, are living in an era where you just accepted the bronze. Or maybe you've never even meddled in your life before. Let me tell you what. God is trying to tell someone in this place today. I feel it in my spirit. You don't have to be second best. You don't have to be third best. Check it out. When you are in my presence, when you are my child, it says you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Each and every one of you this morning, you've got a shiny gold medal, and it's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to claim that gold medal. But so many times we get in the mindset that we're second best. That just a touch is enough. That just to be here, just, just I, I showed up, I placed, I got a ribbon, I'm happy. And God doesn't want you just to show up here and just have a ribbon. God says, I want you to have a gold medal, sister. You're a winner in my eyes. That's for free. I didn't even charge you that one. I'm not even going to charge you for that, amen? Not even going to charge you for that one. If you don't like it, you can get your money back, Amen. Hopefully none of you guys paid to come see me because I'd want my money back too. But amen. So back to that tournament. It was towards the last tournament. And I was just, I, I needed that edge. You know, I was tired of settling for silver. And I studied my opponents. And, and, and it was me and this other opponent, the final. And I've watched this opponent thrash everyone else in this tournament. I'm like, oh. Here we go, another silver, you know, I'm just like, I'm in, and, and I'm just, you know what, but I, I, I made that determination in my life. Today's the day I'm going to get gold. Today's the day. So I'm psyching myself up, and when you're in wrestling, you've got like sometimes hours between matches. I mean, a tournament can take forever, so I knew it was me and this person, and it was going to be two hours. So this whole time, two hours, I'm just I'm psyching myself up. I'm in the corner. <laughs> Get everything, you know, I'm slamming energy drinks and stuff. I'm just going to barrage this person. When, it, when, the, when it's go time, it's all out, 100%. So finally, it's towards the end of the night. It's qualifying for our gold. I set up. I'm in my, look at that. That's intimidating right there. When you get like this, I'm ready. My feet are planted. I'm set. I'm sweating. I'm nervous, but I know today's my day. And the ref said, go and let me tell you, I grabbed that girl so hard, and I picked her up, and bam, I smashed her. I smashed her all over the mat, and that was the day I got gold, amen. That's a true story, too. Hey, if they signed up, then they can take it, amen. I wasn't going to hold back. She didn't know what hit her. I, I didn't even finish the match. I won on a disqualification. I think I dislocated her shoulder because she couldn't continue. Hey, I got my gold. I, I got my gold. Amen. But that's just like the enemy. You don't know what that obstacle in your life is going to come up. You know, I didn't think I was going to wrestle a girl for the championship, you know. 
I did what I had to do, though, you know? Man, I would have cheated if I, I would have poked her in the eye. I, I just, but we got to be that like that with the enemy, because sometimes the enemy throws us a curveball, and we're like, whoa, who's this in our life? Or what is this situation? I didn't expect this. you got to be ready for all comers. you got to have that cutting edge, amen? you got to be sharp. Sharp, it says, the Bible says, you know, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And our lives should reflect the word of God. That we should be sharp. But what is it to lose our edge? And I love this. Because we can all relate with this. Let me take a drink of water real quick. I got all excited about my wrestling story. Hey Amen. But to lose your edge. Woo, it says, but to lose your edge is to lose the qualities or skills that made you successful in the past. <laughs> to lose the qualities or skills that made you successful in the past. How many of us feel like that sometimes as Christians? That glory just quite, it's, it's, it's just that anointing isn't there like it was when I first got saved. Or that drive to go out and preach and witness, it, it, it kind of fluttered out. That, that, that blade kind of doled itself out. Because when you're, using, when you're using an edge, if you don't keep it sharp continuously, it's going to be dull. You ever try cutting the wood with a dull saw? Man, you start out great. You're fast, but towards it. And it's like, ah, forget it. I didn't need it. You know what I mean? But when you get a nice sharp saw, it's done. And we constantly got to sharpen ourselves, amen? Sharpen ourselves. Don't live a dull life. Don't live a dull life. Man, when the enemy comes up, I want to be able to, boom, chop it down. One swipe. It's good to go. So if you can, if you have your bird, um, not your bird, your word. If you have a bird, have your bird, turn to the word. To 2 Kings chapter 6, 1 through 7. And I've got a slide here. So you guys can all follow along. God, totally, I mean, this is one of those things you just kind of read over. Oh, that's a cute little story. And then, bloop, you move up. Man, God just totally unpacked this whole thing for me. So praise God. Hopefully I can get through this all today. And it says, one day the group of prophets came to Elijah and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet is too small. Let us go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. We can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived to the Jordan, they began to cut down trees. But as one of them were cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. He showed him the place. Elijah cut a stick, threw it into the water at the spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elijah said. And the man reached out and what? And he grabbed it. We have lost our edge. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you. 
I thank you, God, Lord, for this word today. And I just ask that it goes for, for, forward, God, Lord, that it touches the hearts of the people, Father God, Lord, that we have lost our edge. God, some of us are living dull lives, Father God, Lord. And I just ask as this word goes forward, that you just start to move upon the hearts of the people, God, Lord, that today is a day, God, Lord, that we sharpen our edges, God, Lord, that today is a day, God, Lord, of new beginnings, that today can be a day that will change us for the rest of our lives, God, Lord. And I ask that this word goes forth, that it be fruitful, God, Lord, and let us receive it in our hearts. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. So let's break this down. Let's break this down. Verse 1. Talking about we've lost our edge. Verse 1, it says, and this is so awesome, and it says, One day a group of prophets came to Elijah and told him, As you see, this place where we meet with you is what? Is too small. Too small. Elijah was working in success here. Apparently he had a ministry that was growing. It was flourishing. There was all these little prophets that he was training up and they're like man we're crammed up this is too small of a place we need to expand we need to expand we need to grow it's too tight where i'm at and so many times in our lives we have success and we think that's it I mean, Elijah could have stopped. Man, the house was full. Why, why expand? Every time I come here, it's a full house. Praise God. That's success. It's full. And so many times we do that in our lives. Man, God moves in our lives. We get involved in a couple little ministries. We get busy. Man, I'm successful. I've made it. I've achieved. I've arrived as a Christian. I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm, I read my word. I'm, that's it. I'm done. I get my little stamp. I've run the race. I got my ribbon. I'm set. But success doesn't always inter intertwine with, with God being involved in it. Because you know what? There's plenty of successful people out in the world. Plenty of successful people out in the world. You know, most people living in sin are successful than most Christians. So we can't compare success and productivity all the time with God. See, they recognized something. They recognized that they needed to be in a bigger place. And how many of us today need to recognize that we need to be in a bigger place than God? Because how many of us are content with the small little cozy space that we have with God? Man, I got my afghan here, my little nightstand here, my chairs right here. I can grab everything that I need in the Lord, my remote. I'm cozy, I'm comfy. We like little tight, little cozy spots. You know, there ain't nothing better than a day like this than to curl up in your little blanket and hop on your couch and tuck yourself in. And you got your cocoa and you got your remotes or maybe a book. You're tucked in. You're nice and nestled, right? You feel warm. You feel secure. And so many times of us, we do that as Christians. And God is saying, I want you to move to a bigger place. That's great that you're successful. That's great that God is moving in your life, that you're involved in ministries and stuff. But there is so much more. There is so much more. We can't claim it and bag it and tag it and say that I'm done as a Christian because we have a little success in our lives. I can't wear the pants I wore when I was 18. 
ain't going to happen. Ladies, on the other hand, you try. You get... I'm going there, Pastor. I'm going there. If I can start getting stuff thrown at me. I'm hiding behind you. But ladies, you get that pants crowbar or whatever you use, and I'm going to get in these pants. I, it, that's it. Some of you ladies have bought one pair of pants, and they were in the 80s, and that was it. That's just, I'm wearing these pants. I'm going to squeeze. I'm going to suck. I'm going to, and then you come, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Don't ask me to pick anything up. <laughs> Ladies, what is it? It's painful. It hurts, huh? You get the little button indent on your belly. I'm there. I know what you. I know all about the button indent. Like, whoa, I got a second belly button. What, what's going on here? You get the little, you know, because the button, it's too tight. It don't get a new pair of pants. It's okay. But how many of us, spiritually, we're putting on things that are way too tight? And we're squeezing, and we're trying, and we're trying to put them old glory pants back on. Back in the 80s when God just blasted me, and God, I'm trying to get back. No, God is saying, get a new pair of pants. God wants you to live in comfort. Nice new pair of Relax, fit. A little stretch in the waist for movement. You know what I mean? God wants that for you today, amen? Brother White over here. This man can probably win all of us in Bible trivia pursuit, amen? His knowledge is, and he's years old. And this man is still going to college. Because he's not content in the place that he's at. He says, I want to grow. I recognize that there is more to God than what I have right now. And I need to move and I need to expand into bigger horizons. Because the success that he's had all of his life isn't going to carry him on for tomorrow. That's great. Success yesterday is a wonderful testimony. But it can't, I can't carry that in as a blessing to go into tomorrow. Amen. See, the children of Israel, when they were wandering in the wilderness, God supplied them with manna. But he says, only use what you can use today. And some of them tried to store it and hide it. And it went bad, and it was full of worms and it mildewed. And how many of us come to church each week and try to live off of molded, worm-filled manna that we received from last week and last year and 10 years ago. And God is saying, I put fresh manna out for you every day. You don't have to live on what was yesterday. Come get something fresh. Come get something new. Amen. Paul explains it like this in Philippians 3, 5, and it says, I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there was ever one. So I remember, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strict obedience to the Jewish law. I was, all, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church 
And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Once I thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite, the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through the obeying of the law. Rather, I become righteousness through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, or which I have already reached perfection, but what? I press on to the process, that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brother and sister, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting of past and looking what is forward to what lies ahead. I press to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling. There ain't nothing that you did last week that's going to get you any closer to God today. Today's today is salvation. He said, I did all these great things, but they're all garbage compared to me getting a closer relationship. He says, I press forward. And I looked up that word press, and it means to pursue, to even pursue hostily. There's an urgency that every day I got to press. I got to push through. That, that, that this could be my last moment. This could be my last day to press, to reach that goal with Jesus Christ. And I can't rest on the morals and the victories of yesterday to let me achieve the goal that God has for me today. Amen. How many of us eagerly pursue God? How many of us truly, truly, I mean truly press? Truly press. We've lost our cutting edge. See, that's what cutting edge is being all about. It's living one day at a time, one moment of a time, depending on every step I make, that God is going to direct it, amen. That is living on the cutting edge. That is having an axe that is sharp and precise. None of us have won a race by sitting at the start line. We try. Get all ready on your marks. Get set, go. Wait for a few people to come back. Hey, man, woo, that was a great race, huh? That's how I like to run a race. I wish I could run a race like that and be like, oh, get all sweaty, throw some water on yourself. Man, that was hard, you know, and I just went around the corner. You know, it's like we got to run the race. We got to run it. We got to open up our capacities. We got to open up our capacity. God says, I will pour out a measure of faith to you. And some of us come to church with thimbles and get a splash of water and think it's all right. Well, why is this? this why, why is there so much stuff going on in Shannon's life? Why are all these blessings? Why? 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 why, 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 why 
Because she comes to church with a barrel because she's expanded. That when her blessing is poured out, it overflows. It makes a mess. That it gets all over the floor. That it may splash on the person next to her, amen. But we want to come to church with shot glass faith. Just enough, Lord. Don't, don't let it load. No, 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 don't let it spill. Just enough. Just enough so I, I can quench my thirst. God didn't come here to quench your thirst. God says, I want to pour out a blessing. Press down, shaking together, overflowing. 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 There was a famous tightrope walker, and he'd walk these tightropes with no nets, and everybody would just be amazed at this guy. And, and uh, he would get to the top, and he goes, do you guys have faith that I can walk across this tightrope? And they would all, Ch yeah, we got faith. Do it, do it, do it. And he goes, then why don't one of you come up here and let me lead you by the hand? No. <laughs> Everyone quiet down. And God's saying the same thing. Man, won't you walk this walk with me? Yeah, let's walk the walk. Yeah, walk it. Yeah, do it. Church is great. Yeah. Blessings. Come walk the tightrope. I'm good. But it's the truth. Because you know how I can tell? Tuck your toes in, folks, because you're going to get stepped on. Because when altar call service happens, half you guys leave. And that's when Jesus is saying, hey, won't you come jump on the tightrope with me? Won't you come practice what you preach? Why don't you come? Why don't you come and get some of what you agreed upon all service? Won't you come get some? I love that. As you can see, this place is too small. They recognized it themselves. It's so awesome that they recognized it themselves. They recognized it. Elijah didn't say, hey, we need to expand. They recognized it. The pastor didn't come up and say, hey, you guys need to get more of God. They made the declaration themselves, amen. They didn't know nobody to poke and prod them. They recognized it themselves. And we need to open our spiritual eyes and really take a look in our lives. Were we living too small? I'm just letting you know now this is going to be a two-parter, so the second part will have to come at another point because I'm already ready to I should be closing up, but I'm on page 2 of 12. So <laughs> we're going to break this up so you guys will get the second half down the road. Amen. But this is so good right here. And I want us to hold on to verse 2. Oh, verse 2. It says, let us go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs where we can build a new place for us to meet. That sounds like just such, such, such a descriptive, meaningless verse. Oh, we're going to go down to the river. Let me check, check this out. Man, God wants you to go where there are plenty of logs. Let me tell you something. Plenty of logs. God wants you to be in a fruitful place where that you can build. Amen. God says, I want there to be plenty of materials for you to do what you need to do in your life. There ain't nothing more that will hold up a project if you run out of materials. I'm in construction. I know you're in a flow. You're hanging stuff. We're out of lumber. <laughs> got to stop. Take off your tool bags. You got to go to Home Depot. And then time you get back, the day's shot. 
ooh, how many of us can relate spiritually? We're all primed up, we're ready to go, we get into church, we run out of materials at the day shot. God wants you to go to a place where there are plenty of materials, amen. What materials are you using today? What materials are you building your expansion today? What are you using in your life? What are you using? It says, go to the Jordan River. There ain't nothing better than getting your materials by the river. It grows a little bit more lush. It's a little bit more thicker. It's a little bit more greener. Amen. God wants you to get materials by the river. That river of life. That Jordan River. That's the same Jordan River that Joshua Split and crossed into the promised land. The same Jordan River that John baptized Jesus in. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him. God is saying, I want you to go to that river. The river of life. Amen. Do you guys understand? Are you guys with me? Because here we go. Because so many times God has orchestrated you to build wonderful and beautiful tabernacles. And you... Wander off and are building sandcastles in the desert. That God is saying, I want you to come in and enjoy and get into the river. And you're content and splashing in mud puddles. Where God himself came and died on a cross and handed us the keys to the kingdom. And we sit on the front row like toddlers because they sound nice. God wants you To go to the river. He wants you to go to a place where there's plenty of materials. Amen. I don't think you understand that when I can come to church. That the devil has raised hell against me in my life. When I walk in, I know where the river is. I know where the logs are. Amen. And if I get lost on the way, I can grab a sister that I know she knows where the logs are. Because I can see what God has built in her life. Amen. And I can get to the place where God wants me to be by the river. Where there are plenty of materials to do what God wants to do in my life. My life. We got to get to the river. We got to get to a place. We're going to have the worship team come back up. We got to get to that place. God doesn't want you building sandcastles in the desert. It ain't going to cut it. God is saying, I want so much more for you. I have supplied everything. That there was a price that was paid. That you can enter into this place, amen. That I sent my son for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever so believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God is saying, I have given you the blueprints to success. And you need to take the time to recognize, to read them, and follow them, amen. I have supplied every need. I have supplied the materials. I just need somebody with a sharp edge to cut down some trees this morning. Amen. Stand to your feet. Maybe you've lived your life a little dull. 
Maybe you're not quite as sharp as you used to be, amen. Maybe life has dulled your blade. Or maybe yourself have just been building in places you shouldn't be building. Or you've ran out of materials. God is saying, I have everything that you need. But just like at the end of the scripture... It says he grabbed it. And we're going to get to that later next time. But God is saying, I want you to grab it. You've got to recognize, brother. You've got to see. You've got to self-reflect today. Today's your chance to step back and look through the lens of God and going, am I in tight places? Do I need to grow? Do I need to get some new materials? I need to build a new place of worship for the Lord this morning. Amen. And if that is you, I want you to come up. I don't want you to line up in a line. I want you to line up straight here at this altar. Because you got to want it first. All I can do is agree with you this morning. But you got to want it. Just like those men. You have to recognize where you are first. And I just call out to you this morning. Recognize where you are at in the Lord this morning. Stop building sandcastles and deserts and build a tabernacle that is pleasing to God this morning. Amen. Thank you, Father God.